Hello, friends. It's me, the president of Chickenlandia. Did you know that I have a new book that is now available for purchase? You heard that right. It's called Let's All Keep Chickens, The Down-to-Earth Guide to Natural Practices for Healthier Birds and a Happier World. It's now available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, your local bookstore, and more. For more information on how you can grab your copy, just click the link in the show notes. It's so exciting, I can barely handle it. Okay, on with the show. Welcome to Chickenlandia's 100% friendly podcast, Bok Talk. This show will help you learn all about how backyard chicken keeping can be fun, entertaining, and stress-free. Here's your host, the president of Chickenlandia! Hello, everybody! Welcome to Chickenlandia, and welcome to Bok Talk, your 100% friendly backyard chickens show. So happy to be back here with you guys today. Uh, Sorry about last week. I just had a little bit of back pain. And you know, when you don't feel good, you really don't feel like going live on YouTube. (laughs) So I just had to put that aside. And so I'm going to do this week and then we'll skip next week and we'll do the next week and we'll go from there. So um, I'm just so glad that you guys are here and thank you so much for your patience. Today, we are going to talk about what to do with unwanted roosters. And when I say unwanted, I mean either you don't want them or your neighbors don't want them (laughs) or your town doesn't want them. Um, It's a dilemma. And usually anyone that has backyard chickens comes up against this dilemma at some point. So it's important to talk about it so that we can all have a plan. Um, So I just wanna say hello to my viewers that are here watching the live show. And also hello to those of you listening on the podcast. Thank you so much for supporting the podcast. It's doing quite well. I'm so glad that um, I started doing this. It's been a lot of fun. So I, I just want you to know I appreciate you. I do wanna mention one thing. If you want to submit a question to Bok Talk, go to my website, welcometochickenlandia.com. Go to the contact section, and there's a little drop-down menu. It says, ask a chicken question. Click on that, send me your question, and if I can answer it, I will on the next Bok Talk. Um, so let me say hello to some of the people that are here. 13 Moons Homestead is here. She is our trusty moderator for today. Thank you so much. She's a great moderator. Go check out her channel. Erin Reside, Carmen A, Lydia Fink, Wagley946, Almost Homestead is here, Christina's Corner, Brilliant Creatures. My goodness, so many people here. John Ridinger, PG Nano Farm, thank you so much for being here. Another one of my trusty moderators. Tracy Eldon Smith, 21 Savage. Oh, Maximalist Minibus is here. (laughs) She says, more fabulous eyeglasses. You've heard of chicken math. Have you heard of glasses math? (laughs) I do have a problem with that. Kinfolk Farm of Georgia, thank you for being here. 
Chicken Man, Harry, love the name. Carly Collector, Trenton Fowler, Donnie Ray, of course, Camp Canine Daycare is here. It wouldn't be the same without you. And um, thank you so much to everybody that showed up today. Lots of people here today. Um, so who's been spending a lot of time outside with their chickens? <laughs> uh, I find myself out there more and more, especially lately. I also have a garden this year. I've been spending a lot of time out in the garden. And a big reason for that is that, you know, we are just living in a time of chaos. And when I have chaos in my life and chaos around me, I just feel like I need to spend time outside and I need to spend time with my chickens. And that kind of helps to bring me back into the present moment and not in some scary future moment that I will spend time in if, if allowed. <laughs> um, so I, I'm just so grateful this year that I've had that outlet and I've had that ability to find solace out there. And I know, I know I'm not alone in that. But I will tell you, there is something about my chicken yard that does not give me peace. <laughs> it's my rooster, Philippe. And if you've been following me for a long time, you know about my rooster, Philippe, also known as Satan himself. <laughs> um he is a little guy. I got him a couple of years ago, um, right when I started my channel, actually. there I, The first, like, real YouTube video um, on my channel is me uh, showing off Philippe as a baby and his sister, Pop-Tart. And I was, like, super happy, and Philippe was so cute, there's another video called like baby roosters first crow, which is like my biggest video on this channel, even though it's not like any of my other videos. Um, and that's Philippe as a baby, he's crowing and he's just such a cutie. Uh, he's a little guy, but he attacks me daily. So if I turn my back on him, he will go after my calves and after my feet. Um, if I bend over, he will bite my butt. <laughs> And um, it's not fun and it's not uh, it's not peaceful. And a lot of people have asked me, like, why do you keep that rooster? Um, you know, you need to eat him. You need to get rid of him, blah, 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 blah. You know, in Chickenlandia, basically, it's mostly rescues out there. And I have a, a really soft heart for chickens who have really, like, changed my life. I mean... They really changed my life. Believe me, I did not know. If you would have asked me 20 years ago, are you going to be the president of Chickenlandia someday? I would have said no. <laughs> because I didn't think that was going to happen. I had no idea. And um, now I have this wonderful life having to do with chickens. So I feel a little bit indebted to them. And, um, and I love them and they're my pets. And so I'm just like not in that camp of people that would eat my rooster. And that doesn't mean that I think it's bad. That doesn't mean that I don't understand um, that that is necessary sometimes for people, depending on their lifestyle. It's just not my thing. So 
I will tell you right now that what we will not be talking about today is how to dispatch your rooster. Um, that's just not my thing. Most of my viewers, most of my audience kind of leaned towards the pet chicken people. Um, that doesn't mean I have judgment for people that have chickens as livestock. I, I, livestock. I'm absolutely thrilled when people do that because that means less chickens in a factory farm, which is the goal. Um, but it's just not my thing. So we won't be talking about that today. We get that, get that out there right now. Um, and I also, you know, when I talk about Philippe and I call him Satan, <laughs> I also acknowledge that he actually is not mean, you know, he's not a, a mean spirited being. And, um, I, a lot of people will say, oh, oh, I hate roosters. Like they're, they're mean. And I have this mean rooster and, um, I think it's important for us to remember when we're when we're dealing with roosters and really when we're dealing with any animal is that they are just practicing their nature. They're not like people where they have ill intentions. Um, when Philippe is attacking me, he's just like he thinks he's protecting his flock. He thinks he's doing the right thing in his in his chicken brain. <laughs> um, so as much as I get super duper frustrated with him, I try to remember that. And one of the things that I try to stress to people when dealing with roosters and with dealing with like predators or any animal really is that they're just being animals and they, they're not trying to do something wrong or mean, but it's up to us to, uh, it's up to us as humans to recognize that and treat them with compassion and humanely, uh, no matter what we decide to do. So, um, uh, you know, let me get off that soapbox. <laughs> uh, so that's kind of the elephant in the room where I don't talk about dispatching your roosters. I just wanted to put that out there first thing. Um, so I want to uh, say hello to some more people who have come into the chat. Uh, Craig Armstrong is here. Sunny's Place is here. Hello, Donnie Ray, Carmen. I don't, I'm not going to... Um, destroy your last name. <laughs> lots and lots of people here. Thank you so much for being here. So glad that you are here. Um, so I did get some questions because now it's the time of year right now where people are like, okay, you know, I got baby chicks in the spring. They were cute. They were fuzzy. The farm store told me these are all hens. And um, now they're crowing. <laughs> so, um, you know, the best thing to do in the best case scenario is to have a plan before you even get chickens. Because I talk a lot in my Backyard Chicken 101 videos that, um, you know, roosters happen. And even if you get your chicks from a hatchery where they have been sexed, um, which means that they have separated them uh, between male and female and what you would find usually at the farm store would be female or it would say it'll say pullets, which is a young hen that hasn't reached the point of lay yet. You know, even even then, it, that is not 100 percent accurate, as many people are are discovering right now. And I um, I volunteer at the Whatcom Humane Society. So I know how many roosters get dumped every year. 
And I know how many, how often people try to take roosters to the Humane Society and the Humane Society can't take them because they just, they don't have the capacity. So it's, it's tough, you know, and, and uh, to me, I try really hard not to judge. I know that roosters get dumped in the forest. I know that some people dump them on other people's property, which is not cool. I try not to judge my, my job is to educate um, because when people are educated, then they, they tend to do the right thing. So let's talk about it. I got my first question from Vivian and Vivian said, what is the best way to find a good home for roosters? They aren't permitted where I live. And I ended up with four out of my batch of 12. <laughs> Ugh. You don't buy a lottery ticket right now, Vivian. <laughs> also, trying to rehome my bantams. They're so cute and funny. I don't want them to go to a bad person. What should I do? Well, I totally understand that. And, you know, it used to be easier because a great resource for everybody was Facebook. And um, many of you know that there's lots of chicken keeping groups in Facebook on Facebook uh, usually your county will probably have a chicken keeping group. You know, there's some like state to state uh, chicken keeping groups. But Facebook at some point decided that they did not want to absorb the liability of animals being rehomed. And I, I get that. I understand that. Um, a lot of people really don't like it, but, um, you know, they're a private company. They get to they get to decide that. So but even so even though there is, it's against really Facebook rules, there are some groups that are still um, allowing rehoming posts. So, and the, and the groups haven't been removed. And that there are, there was a big group that I was in that got removed um, because people kept rehoming, it kept posting rehoming posts. And um, some of them haven't. And it seems to be kind of arbitrary. I don't know. I don't know what the criteria is for Facebook to decide which group gets removed and which one doesn't. Um, so you may still have that option depending on the groups where you live. Um, whenever this was going on with Facebook, me, we came out and that's another like social media platform. It didn't really pick up a lot of steam from what I understand. Maybe if you guys are on that platform, you've experienced something differently, but I haven't, um, I haven't seen that, that it, it has been very active. Um, but you could try it. And then there's also Craigslist here in the U S and there's usually depending where you are, something comparable to Craigslist, which is basically like an, an, ad, an online, um, ad thing. <laughs> trying oh oh boy you know when it's live the words don't come <laughs> uh i can't think of the what what is it what is it called when there's like ads listed classifieds it's like an online classifieds thank you thank you brain so the main thing that i think that you should look for is first of all when you're posting an ad regarding your rooster, make sure that you are very clear with the kind of home you're looking for. So if you don't want your rooster to get eaten in the home that they go to, you need to say that in the ad. If you are okay with that, then say that in the ad. 
Um, if you are very concerned and you really want to, you really want to know where your chicken is going to be living, then you can ask for pictures of the land, you know, of the setup that they have. You can ask them questions. Don't be afraid to ask questions. Don't feel, you know, like you shouldn't be asking questions. Don't listen to people when they're like, why are you asking so many questions? This is just a chicken. I'm trying to take your chicken. That's a red flag. Like if they, if they don't want to answer questions, that's a red flag. So, and also if they're, if people are ridiculing you because you care about where your chicken goes, that's, you know what? Haters just got to hate, but we don't listen to them. Okay. You know, a lot of people will say, and they've said this to me, like, oh, it's just a chicken. Like, why are you worried about it? But my chickens are my pets. So, and I have dogs and, you know, I have dogs that I have rescued. And every time I've rescued a dog, we've usually gone through some pretty rigorous um, interview questions. And sometimes it was a little bit over the top, but most of the time it was reasonable. And I know that those people, the people that work at rescues, they really deal with a lot of like dogs getting returned or dogs ending up being abandoned again. So there's a reason why they ask all those questions. And if those are your concerns, then I think you should absolutely ask those questions. I think another main concern would be um, that there is still cockfighting in the U.S. Um, and of course, in, a, in, in other countries, there is too. And so you have to be careful and ask the right questions to make sure that your rooster's not going into a situation that would be very torturous for it. So um, these are all things that are very legitimate. And I applaud anybody who is willing to ask these questions. And, you know, you may be like, well, I, I want to come and drop the rooster off or the chicken off. And that's an opportunity for you to see the property. And if you don't feel good about it, it's an opportunity for you to keep driving. <laughs> and I know that was like, that would be like such an awkward situation, especially for me, because I'm like 100% like people pleaser. I'm trying to get over that. But um, that's how I've always been. So that would be really hard for me. But, you know, when you care about an animal, you, ha you, you got to be willing to take those kind of risks and maybe feel a little bit uncomfortable. Another thing that I wasn't sure if I was going to talk about today, but that is is an option, is to take your rooster to your local auction. So usually counties will have live auctions of some sort for animals. Um, the only thing, you know, I, I, I'm conflicted about it because my experience with auctions has not been good. You know, I've literally seen like a, de a dead cow in the field that someone brought to auction off. And I've seen sick and injured animals at auction being auctioned off. And, um, you know, I'm a concrete critter. Okay, <laughs> let's just get it out there. <laughs> I'm from the city. Okay. Um, so I do understand that I am going to be seeing things through that lens. I'm, I, I haven't grown up on a farm. I don't come from a long line of farmers. I, I actually, you know, my grandmother and my great grandmother did farm um, and they had they had livestock and they had chickens, but it skipped a generation. And many of us have had that experience where it skipped a generation. And now we're getting back into homesteading. But I recognize that 
you know, my experience when it comes to dealing with livestock is different. But even with that in mind, the, you know, I did go to one auction where I was just so flabbergasted at how the animals were being treated. And I went, this was back when my husband and I owned a farm store and I came back to the farm store and there was an employee there that was a farmer and an excellent farmer, an excellent homesteader. And she was like, you know, what's wrong? And I told her, you know, I went to the, I went to this auction and it was awful. Like, am I wrong? Like, is this just because I'm from the city and I don't understand? And I will never forget. She looked at me and she was like, we can do better. And that really meant a lot because she was acknowledging, you know, even with her knowledge and her participation in farming and everything, she was like, no, like that's still, that's not, that's not okay. And so I think that there are good places and I think that it's worth kind of vetting them and finding out, you know, what you're dealing with and what you want to support so that's what I'll say about that. The auction is is an option and there are a lot of people that go to the auction to get food. And and that's important. Like I I want them to have that. But just make sure that you you know, it's it's a place that you will want to support cuz if they're letting like sick and injured animals there, you you don't even, you know, you don't want to be there. Like that's that's not good. So I'm getting on all the soapboxes today. <laughs> 50 chickens in a hen house. Hello. Thank you for being here. Green Dream Project is here. Both awesome moderators. All right. Well, let's just keep going. I'm going to move on to the next question that comes from Margie. Margie says, my name is Margie. <laughs> and I recently got four black Australort chicky babies. I love that. <laughs> Josie, Veronica, Betty, and Valerie. This, this is my kind of girl right here. <laughs> She's already, they've already got all the names and they're totally like good chicken names too. Uh, well, Josie has started crowing. <laughs> Johnny? <laughs> I'm not sure, but I think Veronica is a jughead and Josie is an Archie. <laughs> you see the theme running here. I am concerned having two roosters with just two hens. They all seem to be getting along fine, but I am traumatized when I look it up that only one rooster for 10 to 15 hens and having two roosters will cause overbreeding. That's true. That, that can happen. Please help me if you have any ideas on what I should do. I really don't want to have to separate them or find a home for one of them. They are my little ones and they are precious. First of all, Margie, I want to totally validate your feelings because um, I get it. My chickens are my little ones and they are precious. Um, I think you're just going to have to wait and see how it goes. Like that's going to, that's like your first, the first thing that I would tell you because sometimes, you know, uh, one rooster could be very docile. Another rooster, you know, the other rooster might not be too aggressive with the hens and it might work out. You just don't know. Now, you definitely, definitely in a situation like this, you want to make sure they have enough space and you want to make sure they're getting enough food and you want to make sure that they're not stressing out because outside stressors um, could 
exacerbate, is that the right, the right word, uh, the problem. So you don't want that. But I, I think, you know, in this situation that you're in right now, uh, your first course of action will be just to wait and see what happens and to see how they relate with each other, because every flock is different. So, you know, I do hold a, hold a little glimmer of hope for you that that it will work out. Now, um, I, I, I'm guessing uh, from some of the other information that you sent me that your chickens are about 13 weeks old. So at 13 weeks, any rooster, depending on, and these are black Australorps, so you should really be able to tell at this point um, if they are roosters. They they should have pretty predominant red combs, pointed saddle and hackle feathers, longer tail feathers. There there would be, like for a black Australorps, more of a green sheen on them, especially on the tail feathers. Now, sometimes it might be hard to tell because if there are two roosters and one is dominant and one is more docile, the more docile one will not look as much like a rooster unless until the other rooster goes away. And then they will develop more into a rooster and they might not crow until the other rooster goes away. So that's something to keep in mind. But generally, by this point, you should be able to tell what I would do. Right now, while you're waiting and seeing what happens, is start making a plan. And, um, you know, everything that I mentioned before, avenues that you can take, as well as, you know, even even on Facebook, you're, you're really not supposed to be posting rehoming uh, posts. But... You probably know some people that have chickens. You can still use Facebook Messenger. You can put the put your feel, feelers out there. Um, you could go to your local farm store and put an ad up. If they have a place where you can put up an ad, you can do that. So that's another thing. And sometimes just getting those feelers out there, there'll be somebody that comes to you and says, oh, yeah, I do. I'm looking for a rooster. And there are people looking for roosters, especially bantam roosters. Those are usually easier to um, rehome. But uh, start making your plan now, Margie. And of course, I wish you the best of luck. I know I know what it's like. Um, I've been there and, you know, my dream and I'm going to I'm going to upset some people with what I'm about to say. <laughs> My dream is that someday roosters will be able to crow in the city. And, um, you know, actually in Bellingham, Washington, within the city limits, you can have a rooster. But at the point somebody complains, you're kind of like, you're kind of up the creek about that because uh, animal control, you know, at that point they will intervene and it's just not that you might get fined. Um it's not that they say it's supposed to be the same as like with a barking dog, like a nuisance barking dog, but they don't, it doesn't seem like they are willing to work with you as much as they would as if you were trying to keep your dog that barks a lot. Um, people just don't have a lot of patience for a crowing rooster, but I think that, you know, as we move into hopefully a more sustainable society where we're we're growing our own food in our yards, whether we live in the city or in the country, where we're being more mindful about the impact we have on the earth and the impact that we have on animals and the impact that we have on each other, that we can come to recognize 
the sound of a rooster crowing as the sound of our children's brighter future. You didn't know you were going to hear that today. <laughs> it's all about, you know, we, we, it's all about just getting used to it again. You know, there, there was a time in, in this country and certainly, you know, where, where my family is from in Guatemala uh, and all over Central America, South America, other countries, there are roosters crowing in the city and, and people just are okay with it. And there's certain things that you can do to kind of mitigate the issues that come up with roosters, for instance, being awake at 3 a.m. <laughs> but, you know, I think that those are easy fixes and I think that we can deal with that. And I hope someday we're just more open to it because that would mean um, not only a better future for our kids and for us, but also for chickens. So there you go. All right. I am now going to open up uh, for questions. So if you have a question, we've got a few minutes and I'm going to be looking at the comments and seeing if anybody has a question that they would like me to answer and I'm going to try and answer it and I'll try and know the answer. <laughs> no promises. Almost Homestead asks, did you say at least 10 hens for one rooster? So I would say depending on the rooster, um, eight to 10 or more per rooster. Um, I have two little roosters and they have, um, they have eight and a half <laughs> chickens each. <laughs> if you can figure out that chicken math, you didn't know you were going to have to do that kind of chicken math. Um, and it works, but I, you know, I, they're little roosters and that, that's a great thing. In my opinion, having a little rooster um, is easier than having a big rooster for a number of reasons. The little guys, even if they're rude, it's not as bad, you know, a full grown rooster attacking people. That's, that's, that's a tough situation, um, certainly for children. So, you know, that's one thing to consider. Get yourself a little tiny rooster. Uh, Lydia Fink says, do you have any tips for raising egg production and keeping chickens cool in hot weather? Um, you know, I think that uh, chickens have laying seasons. So when it gets really hot, they will likely not lay as much. Without a, a system of cooling them, um, you know, that, that's just something that we have to deal with as, as backyard chicken keepers. Um, certainly in the winter, you would need to add light, preferably at the beginning of the day in order to keep them laying. I know a lot of people will say, oh, well, you need to feed them a certain way or you need to give them more protein. Um, I think I really think that it has more to do with the number of hours of light that they have. And just keep in mind that if you push them to lay, that is going to shorten their laying life. So chickens have a laying life and they have their actual life their laying life is shorter than their actual life. And if they're pushed to lay, it's, it's going to be drastically shorter. So um, if you let them kind of go with their natural rhythms and take their breaks when they need to, then you're more likely to extend their laying life and get more eggs, get uh, more time with them where they're laying. And keeping them cool in the summer, you know what? 
I think we're going to talk about that. Either I'm going to do a video about that or I'm going to do a live show about that because that's really coming up. And I, you know, I'm kind of like behind the curb, curve, curb or curve. <laughs> Told you I don't, the brain isn't here when it's live. <laughs> I think it's curve. Um, I'm kind of behind on putting that video out because I'm in the Pacific Northwest and it's still like getting in the fifties at night. So, um, it's not that hot here. Actually today is a hotter day. I think it's in the seventies, but I think the most important thing, uh, make sure that they have shade. You can give them, you can put some ice in their water. You can give them electrolyte vitamins and electrolytes in their water to make sure that they're hydrated. You can ferment their feed, which will add more hydration to their bodies. And then I also will go outside and like spray down the whole chicken yard just to kind of cool things off. And I'll leave little like bowl, like very shallow uh, pools of water and chickens will go and put their feet in it. Kind of like the spa. <laughs> um, so just keep an eye on them. You know, if you are in a, in a very hot area, you're going to need to keep a really good eye on them, especially if you have larger breed chickens, which are not, uh, you know, they're just not as acclimated to the heat as a lighter, uh, let's say Mediterranean breed would be. So that's my short answer for that. Chicken man, Harry says, how many hens do you need for an egg laying business? It depends on how, how big your business, <laughs> how, how, you know, how many eggs you want to sell. Let's see. How do you ferment uh, mash? I'm going to get back to that. Uh, actually, you know, what I'll do, Lydia, is I will leave a link. I have a, I do have a video about it. It's a very old video where I, me and my mom actually are fermenting feed. It's so easy. So easy. If, believe me, if I can do it, it's easy. But it's a little complicated for me to just explain here right now. So I will leave that link in the description and I'll also leave it in the show notes for you. Um, and also 13 moons has, look, she's so fast. <laughs> lightning. She's like lightning. 13 moons homestead just posted the link. Um, and you'll also learn the story of chicken landia. Uh, Karen Diaz, I would like to know when to start them on layer feed. You start them at the point of lay or at 20 weeks. So if they start laying before 20 weeks, start feeding them all layer feed. If they are, have not laid yet, then start at 20 weeks. Lydia Fink says, uh, I, I'm, in, I'm in a wet area, possibly going to lead to coccidiosis. Um, Lydia, do you mean like when I spray down the, the, the chicken yard? So um, just a quick word on coccidiosis. It, it, it's everywhere. It is literally everywhere. It's in, in the soil all over the place. Um, and it is, it's quite normal for chickens to have it present, to have coccidia present in their bodies. And a, a, a normal, healthy chicken will have built up that resistance to the coccidia in their environment. Illness happens when coccidia from another environment comes into your environment and the chickens are not immune to it. So really your greatest risk is when you bring in chickens from another flock. Um, 
But as far as like creating the perfect environment for coccidia in your in your chicken yard, obviously you want to practice good husbandry. You want to keep it clean. You want to not sterile, but clean. You want uh, to have just good practices. But you, there's no way to like keep coccidia out of your environment because it is it is in your environment, and that's normal and that's healthy. Okay, Carmen says. Uh, we have storms here recently, and my chickens and and unfortunately almost drowned. Oh, that's awful. One of them had a sneeze every, sneeze every day since then, and can hear her breathing water. How can I fix it? Help. Okay. So um, one thing that I that I will say just right off the bat is that unfortunately I can't give veterinary advice. Um, not only am I not a veterinarian, but I also. You know, even if I was, I would have to like see the chicken and and uh, to do a proper diagnosis. So there's really no way for me to know what is going on with that chicken and what would be the appropriate uh, treatment for that chicken. And it would be irresponsible of me to to say that I did. So I just want to put that out there first and foremost. What it sounds like, and my my best guess, and what uh, Tristan may want to research is aspiration. And what that means is it sounds like the chicken uh, almost drowned and or, or drowned a little bit and got some water in its lungs. That's not a good scenario, unfortunately. I would say that the best uh, course of action would be to take that chicken to the vet. Um, because, uh, with aspiration, usually that means there's a, a significant infection in there and they would need a lot of help and they would need veterinary care and medication. You could, I do have a video called sick chicken action plan. And, uh, it's just a very basic thing, basic things that you can do when you have a sick chicken, it's just supportive care. It's not like medical diagnosis or anything like that. Um, but it, it could help just to support that chicken. And then there's another video that I did called Chickens Sneezing. Here's what to do. And I, I will put both of those videos in the description and in the show notes for you. Like I said, those are both videos that suggest supportive care that you can do at home. Best case scenario get the chicken to a, a veterinarian, a, a veterinarian. And I'm sorry that that happened. That's awful. Karen D asks, do you have any books that you've written? Stay tuned. <laughs> uh, yes. Carmen says, what an unfortunate situation it is. And I've had that happen. I have had that happen. And I, unfortunately I didn't know that that's what had happened. I came into the chicken yard. I had had some people helping me that day and they didn't tell me that my chicken had fallen into a bucket of water. Um, so I didn't know. And I actually, it was a little silky chicken that I had. She was so tame and sweet. And my son was like two years old. He just loved her. She followed me around everywhere. And so I went out there to get her because I was going to take her to like a, uh, an event or something or to meet some kids or something like that. And um, it, I realized she was very sick and then she died very soon after that. And it was so sad, but you know, that kind of stuff, it happens to the best of us. It really does. And 
I, you know, my solace in that situation, even if you can't take your chicken to the vet, you can't afford it, or you just don't have access to veterinary care, my solace is that that chicken was cared for and loved while they were Earthside. And that is more than we can say for most of the chickens in the world. Because most chickens live in horrific conditions. And we're working to change that. That's what we're doing here in Chickenlandia and in Bok Talk. And I just want to thank you guys so much for being here today. We're coming. We're a little bit over 40 minutes. You know, I like to keep it short and sweet in Chickenlandia. <laughs> so um, I really appreciate you guys joining me today. Please check out my um, video on Wednesday. It's all about nesting box mistakes. So if you don't want to make those mistakes, you better watch the video. <laughs> and I really appreciate it. So um, guys, have a wonderful day. Have a wonderful Monday. Have a wonderful week. Remember, look me up on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, even. <laughs> um, I'm, I, I would love to see you guys there and have a great day. And we will see you next time. Thank you so much. Dahlia Monterosso, also known as the president of Chickenlandia, is a backyard chicken educator in Northwest Washington. To submit your question to Bok Talk, visit WelcomeToChickenlandia.com. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye!